coming up on Over a Barrel. And now today, a look at Michigan. It's orange, Indiana's orange, Ohio's orange, and Illinois' red. Um, we actually saw a pretty big price jump in areas of the Great Lakes. Over a Barrel starts right now. Welcome to the program, Over a Barrel. I'm Matt McLean, Patrick DeHaan joining us, and I have no howdy, idea howdy. where he's at this time around. Where are you now? Oh, my goodness. I, I moved to the warmer climate, you know, just in time for the cold <laughs> weather, Matt, that we're going to be talking about today. That polar vortex, I was like, nope, that's too much. I'm out. So, you mean the snow and the freezing rain that I'm in right now? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it, it don't don't feel too bad because, I mean, it did get a little chilly here in Florida. In fact, oh. Tampa had a wind chill advisory. Bless their heart. 40 <laughs> degrees is just, can you imagine the palm trees just like yes. trying to warm themselves up? But I lived in Tampa for years and I thought we had an agreement. I was supposed to be packed away in a suitcase or something for this for this journey. I, you left you me know, behind, I, I, I have a feeling that luggage would have gotten detected and it would have been a little <laughs> long story to explain how somebody just popped out of a suitcase. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're trying to make the trip. Yep. But yeah, you know, that was a that was a long drive. I stopped at a couple gas stations on the way down. But Did um, you stop by a Bucky's? Because I know you're a fan. I, you know, I, I did. Uh, I filled up, you know, I, I did say that given how, and by the way, this is what the amazing thing is about Bucky's not to go down this road, but since we're here, um, they have what, like a hundred pumps at their station. Like literally oh, yeah. it was a challenge to find an open pump to fill up with. And I, I said, you know what, it, it's just, it's so busy to go inside now. Normally, you know, it, it, it's, it's like a theme park now. It's like, it's like going to Disney world and new year's Eve. You go into one of these places. They're huge. They serve you very fast, but I just, you know, I think one of the things I don't like so much about Chicago is the fact that it feels like there's gridlock everywhere. And I think it's getting to feel like that. And some of these C stores, that are well attended. It just feels like a little gridlock. So um, I just, I filled my tank up, by the way, the best price in town. Uh, but yeah, the Bucky's in, in uh, Fort Valley, Georgia. It's uh, uh-huh. one of the best stops I make on the way down. It's a is ritual. I-75 uh, by chance. It is. Yeah. yeah. I've driven my right dog by knows it. when we pull in and out of there because he usually gets a, um, you know, either a pulled pork <laughs> or, um, you know, oh, he just loves it. Uh, the car, I'm, I'm sure, it, you know, it's tormenting for us to stop there because all of a sudden he starts smelling beef jerky and pulled pork and everything else. <laughs> but you take care of him. So, I mean, it's only tormenting for a very short amount of time or it's very exciting for him because he knows what's about to happen. Well, I mean, he had gotten know? fed. We actually stopped at a, a Waffle House on the way down and, and somewhere in Tennessee um, where I filled up with, the, I, is this weird that I can remember exactly what I paid just a week and a half ago to all these stations paid 252 which i thought was pretty good um but actually the dog did not get his bucky's fill this time we actually stopped at a waffle house and i got him some uh sausage patties gotcha probably in chattanooga or knoxville it was uh where it was it was actually gosh i'd have to go back and look but um, i think it was actually just north of nashville yeah, it was in, I think it was in White House, Tennessee, because I remembered this is a weird name for a town, White, and I'm going to Google White House, Tennessee. <laughs> that that's literally, right. yeah, that is correct. It's it's right off of, oh, 65. That, yeah. That's before we make the jump over to 75. Um, so that's where we stopped. And then we made it all the way down to 
um, uh, to Fort Valley. And by the way, it was perfect timing because both the times we stopped, both in White House, Tennessee, and then down in Fort Valley, we were on E. So I guess that gives me, uh, uh, my car has a range of 425 miles a tank. It, it just worked perfectly though. So here I am in, in cold Tampa where the average temperature right now is 66. So I guess I can't complain. I would have my windows open and let the Sandhill cranes come right on up to the bottom floor as they did quite often when I lived there. <laughs> uh, love those birds. Would you, would you, would you, you know, did you, did you have to like put out some uh, Bucky's jerky to attract them or no, 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 no. In fact, you don't want to do that to wild animals. No, in probably Florida. not. No, no, no. Because no. because <laughs> then, then you have an entire ensemble of all kinds of animals and reptiles that are quite large, like alligators coming up to you and like, <laughs> Hey, he's got food. Let's, or he is food depending upon what animal or reptile it is. And uh, no, no, you don't want to do that. They just, they just voluntarily come on up and Say hey, and you know the birds that are there year-round in Florida are quite large, usually in nature. The ospreys, the sandhill cranes, and other aspects. Now the winter, the snowbirds, kind of like what you are in a human form. Uh, they they are the the what I call the regular sized birds. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the ones that stay there Appreciate year-round. That. Is that a compliment? I'm a regular sized bird. You're a regular sized bird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's our gas. I think that's our gas price segue right there. I think that's where we are. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about that. So you paid two fifty something a gallon in yeah. uh, and around the Nashville area, which is pretty doggone impressive uh, and kind of made me uh, salivate for cheaper gas prices. Um, what are we seeing across the country over the past week or two? Well, it hasn't been as pretty, Matt. Uh, you know, we have started to see prices going up. Um, it, more like a disappearance of some of those lowest prices. The median price is still two ninety nine a gallon. The most common price is still two ninety nine a gallon, but the national average today has gone up. We're at about three ten, and that's primarily a function of Great Lakes states. You know, the Great Lakes states. If you looked at our Gas Buddy map, which is available at prices.gasbuddy.com, we have a color code right of the entire country. Last week. I think much of the Great Lakes was like light blue or green, meaning it was pretty cheap. And now today I look at Michigan, it's orange, Indiana's orange, Ohio's orange, and Illinois is red. Um, we actually saw a pretty big price jump in areas of the Great Lakes. And I've been dealing with this conversation. People were in some instances saying, all oh, prices went up 50 cents, they went up a dollar. Um, a lot of that happened because of price cycling, which we talk about routinely here on the program, but I'll go over it again. Price cycling is a phenomenon kind of unique to some of those Great Lakes states and also Florida, by the way. Price cycling is a behavior where there's price leadership. One mm -hmm. station is really aggressive at lowering prices. They lower prices. They ignore the daily fluctuation and what they pay, and they keep lowering and lowering and lowering prices every day or two until they are selling gasoline at cost, or in some instances, they're selling at a loss. A losing leader. Yeah, and, and that's what triggers a cycle, and then they raise prices back up 40 or 50 cents. Essentially, what they do is they restore their profit margin to a place where they can make some money again. So hmm. those price cycles can be pretty substantial if you go from zero cents profit per gallon or zero cents uh, gross margin to 40 cent gross margin, that's a 40 cent jump. In addition, stations often, as I mentioned, they do not adjust their prices on a daily basis. So sometimes, Matt, the wholesale price of gasoline between these price cycles can go up 10 to 30 cents. So if you get a 30 cent increase in the wholesale price over two weeks time, and the station's also going from zero, uh, zero margin to 40 cent margin, add up 40 cent margin, to the 30 cent rise in wholesale price. And some of these stations could go up in excess of 70 cents a gallon. So 
A lot of that happened, by the way, because of extremely cold weather inundating some of the refineries down in Texas. There was a refinery scare at a refinery in Linden, New Jersey, but a couple of refineries tripped offline in Texas. So that that polar weather, that polar vortex, where you get sub-zero temperatures or much below freezing temperatures in areas of the country that they're not used to it, it can really mess up refineries and, and how they're operating. And, and that's why uh, the wholesale price of gasoline took a, a bit of a jump here across the country. Now, there still is a hope, Matt. There's still a hope okay. that the national average could briefly get to sub $3 price. We're only nine cents away from that. What, what by kind the way, of a hope are we, t- are we going to put a percentage to this? Yeah, you know, like, it, is there a 50-50 shot, 60-40? It's probably like a 33% shot of happening, mm. like a you know one in three. Last week, um, we did get down to 304 on Sunday the 14th. We got down to 303 on Sunday the 7th. And with this price cycle that had just happened in the Great Lakes the other day behind us, the Great Lakes states are going to start pushing the national average down again. So there's still this window of opportunity, right? We, we talk about this window of opportunity over the last couple of episodes. There's still a couple of weeks, Matt, where you may get your wish of, well, actually your wish was sub $2 prices. And <laughs> yeah. that's maybe not, let's, let's you be, know. let's be factual about this. I'm, well, I'm hey, Matt, look, look, look at Colorado. Holy smokes. Speaking of sub $2 prices. Mm-hmm. Um, last time we spoke a couple of weeks ago, we had, I think three or four stations in Colorado below $2. Now there's three, six, nine, 12 stations in Colorado below $2. And, and by the way, I I did tweet out something this, this morning. I thought we should probably share on the podcast, this window of opportunity, Matt, in which you could get really low prices in some areas of the country. It's only really going to be relevant to areas like the Rockies the Corn Belt, and the Great Lakes, because these are markets where refineries don't have any other option to get rid of gasoline than to discount the heck out of it. If you're in Texas, refineries just say, hey, we'll slap it on a a barge, we'll ship it somewhere else. So in the coastal areas, the exterior of the United States, refineries have options to export that excess gasoline, whereas the Rockies, the Corn Belt, and the Great Lakes they have no other option. They can't get rid of that gasoline other than to discount the heck out of it. So Colorado, while the national average has gone up, Colorado has actually seen an increase in the amount of, of sub $2 stations because those the, the refinery in Colorado and, and Commerce City, they can't just put that fuel anywhere they want. So, so is it like places in Denver or are we talking like remote yeah. areas or what, what are well, we talking I, here? You know, uh, it can be areas of Denver, but through the Rockies. I mean, okay. Casper, Wyoming is is not too far behind. They're at 203 a gallon. Um, now, Idaho is a little bit more remote. They have to draw down on, on gasoline from Salt Lake City refineries and refineries in Montana. But even in Idaho, Matt, the statewide average just fell below $3 a gallon. So um, that's good news. And if I go over to Montana, let's see if anyone's cheap in Montana. Yeah, there's a couple stations at... Um, at 275, the average in Montana is about 286. So it looks like right now, Matt, more of the excess might be building up in areas like Colorado, but not so much the rest of the Rockies. But these these pockets of cheapness could emerge. They could emerge anywhere in the Corn Belt and the Great Lakes or the Rockies. So I need to put Denver on my plans to visit for cheap gas. That's what I need to do, which is cool, although it's probably very chilly this time of year. But if I want to go skiing, I suppose that 
would work. Well, uh, you know, that's an interesting <laughs> dynamic. If you go skiing, fill up at some of these areas in Denver, but don't fill up at Vail or Aspen because I'm yeah. sh- I'm seeing a sh- uh, Shell station in Aspen at 479. Ooh. There's there's a couple stations in those Steamboat Springs seeing stations at 379. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> That's quite a divergence, by the way. Colorado, the cheapest price, a dollar seventy a gallon. The most expensive, four seventy nine. Hmm. Okay. Well, that that uh, that nixes that idea. I just throwing it out there. But you know, I hear Tampa's great this time of year. <laughs> so maybe I'll just come there. I need to. I am so tired. I was, I was excited because I saw my local gas station here in Tampa, just down the street. They just went to two ninety nine, and yep. now. Tampa's an area that price cycles as well. Um, Tampa prices have been declining every day since they cycled back on about the 6th of January. They jumped up to 319 and now the average in Tampa is 296. So if you're listening in Tampa, Orlando, Miami, Fort Myers, you also see stations do this cycle where it's a roller coaster ride. Right now it's going down. But we could just be a couple of days away. Maybe next week you'll see the Florida market price cycle as well. That is so, uh, is this something price cycling uh, has, has a lot of people, um, has a lot of people actually, what am I trying to say here? The price cycling, has that been around for a while? Yeah, it's it's been around since, um, I mean, that's how I got into being so curious about gas prices, Matt. And that goes back to 2004, 2003. Um, it's been around for quite some time. I mean, the, the Federal Trade Commission has looked into it. And by the way, they actually find that uh, states where this happens, where there's price cycling, you actually spend a little bit less on gasoline because you're getting an opportunity. Correct. On average, you're you're spending a couple pennies less per gallon. doesn't sound like a big deal, but Matt, nowhere else in the country, do you really have the opportunity to um, fill up when a station is selling, you know, with so little margin. So that's the buying opportunity if you time your purchases. And that's why gas buddy, if, if, if people don't know, if you live in the great lakes or if you live in Florida, we actually have a service, um, price hike alerts that you can sign up for in the gas buddy app. And it will actually send you a push notification when prices are, are doing this cycling. So you can quick go fill up before prices cycle everywhere. That's, uh, that's yeah. I, I, I just know as a kid, I don't remember prices being so volatile as they no, are now. Yeah. And, and that seems to be one of the things now, like crude oil, for example, it seems to be moving up as of the recording of this particular podcast. You know, uh, Brent is kind of pushing what seven, almost $79 a barrel and, uh, just, mm-hmm. you know, the quote unquote oil, oil or crude, uh, or whatever the case may be. It's, it's about five bucks less, but WTI, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's something that has kind of remained in the 70s for several weeks now, uh, even though we're seeing the price fluctuations in gasoline. I know we've talked mm-hmm. about that before, where it's more of a refining process. So then the next question that I have for you, since it is so cold everywhere across uh, a good chunk of the United States, especially yeah. east of the Rockies. And when I say cold, the Tennessee Valley Authority, which uh, handles electricity, I think in like 10 states, talked about yesterday was a record day for them uh, for usage of electricity. So it is cold, cold uh, in a lot of places. Is that going to have an impact, for example, in the Northeast where you have heating oil that has to be refined and other aspects? Because uh, it's cold. And I mean, there's a lot of fuel going yeah. out the door to supply heat for everything. Well, if, if you've been keeping your eye on natural gas, I mean, uh, yes, Matt, absolutely. That has had an impact on the price of fuel here the last couple of weeks. Um, 
for those that don't track weather, because weather can have a major impact on on heating oil consumption, natural gas and and heating oil traders typically look at long term forecasts from the Climate Prediction Center, the CPC, and those are vital in understanding you know what what's going to happen with demand. And at least for now, Matt, you know we had this tremendous below average spell for much of the country, um, which did temporarily boost demand. It pushed natural gas prices up to the mid and upper $3 uh, per million BTU range. Price of natural gas today is down another 6%. It's down almost a dollar per million, million BTUs because the 10, the six to 10 day climate prediction center outlook has swung from much below temperatures for much of the country to much above. In fact, the lower 48, Matt, in fact, the only state that has any chance of below, according to the CPC, the only area of the country that they prognosticate below average temperatures over the next six to 10 days is Alaska. Every single state in the lower 48 is likely to be well, potentially well above average, including areas of New York, Ohio, Michigan, areas of Wisconsin. So, that's really changed the outlook because we went from a lot of heating oil consumption to the exact opposite with these with these forecasts. So if you want to be ahead of the curve, if you want to know what's going to happen with, with heating oil prices and natural gas, you can look at those CPC outlooks. And by the way, the 8 to 14 day outlooks also have the entirety of the lower 48 above average normal temperatures. So that's a big thing to watch. But yeah, I mean, we did see some refinery outages as a result of this extremely cold. Uh, we, I'm sure, saw some heating oil consumption increase, but it's so it's so short, right? This cold weather, um, what, maybe a week, lasted a week. And by the way, um, the uh, new data out from the Department of Energy today showed another increase in crude oil, excuse me, another decrease in crude oil inventories but at the same time, Matt, gasoline and di- distillate inventories, wow, they've they've really jumped the last few weeks. Um, gasoline inventories, if I look at my own uh, report that we wrote today, gasoline inventories are now up 19, excuse me, almost 18 million barrels or 8% higher than a year ago. Distillate inventories are up now 19 million barrels or 16% above last year. So that's actually really good news. And that's why um, there's been some downward pressure on products. But as you mentioned, oil prices up today, the attacks in the Red Sea have been um, have been uh, impacting prices because we continue to see escalations there. Yeah, well, and that you bring up the next literally on my list of things to bring up to you with regard to Iran and Pakistan. And now they're going back and forth, and and it's everything seems to be a powder keg between Israel, Hamas, and Houthi, and the U.S. firing missiles, and the U.K. firing missiles, and now you've got Iran and Pakistan. <clears throat> it's really just kind of a, and of yeah. course Russia and Ukraine, uh, and then you've got you know China with Taiwan making threats and North Korea. I yeah. mean, it's like the list is quite extensive in the unsettledness that we seem to face across the globe. Which, yeah. I, I, I mean, geopolitically speaking, that has there has to be something, even if it's minor at this point, factored into the price. Well, I mean, I think, as you mentioned, there's a lot of geopolitical unrest right now. And a lot of it, a lot of the biggest concern really is the area of the Middle East, because the Houthis and the U.S. and our allies who have been trying to keep the Red Sea free of Houthi attacks, um, We've been seeing the the operation happening in the Red Sea, and now it seems like um, 
it seems like the Houthis are now directly going after U.S. vessels. And mm-hmm. so that's the concern. Um, Nobody wants the, to blink. Well, well, right. And now the Houthis are more directly going after, uh, you know, American vessels. And, and so it's not really about the Israel uh, Israel Gaza war right now. Uh, the Houthis are focusing attention on the Americans. So this could be a longer wind issue that has more implications and it still could escalate beyond what it is right now. Yeah. And that's something we'll obviously be keeping a watchful eye on. And I would think uh, that if it does continue to escalate, that may create some, and you tell me if I'm wrong, some volatility in potentially yeah. not just energy prices, but several different options and things uh, I would think that could create some yeah. just a little volatility. Yeah, spot on. And, and by the way, Matt, we're, we're still talking about a little bit of volatility. Um, T-bonds, treasury bonds um, uh, have been rising in recent days as well. So interest rates, um, uh, you know, talk about a 30-year mortgage. Uh, treasury bonds go up. That means generally there's upward pressure on, on um, products like mortgages. So that was also... Um, unexpected that the treasury bond was uh, that rose above 4%, right? There, there's generally been sentiment that, hey, uh, interest rates are going to start declining. So to see the treasury bond start creeping back up again has been putting a little downward pressure on on the stock market. And it's something to keep an eye on too, because there's still the potential that, you know, the market's expecting interest rate cuts this year. If that doesn't end up happening, um you know, that could that could certainly greatly shift the calculus for where gas and oil prices will be in the year ahead. But we're, we're, we're on par. And by the way, this window of opportunity, enjoy these next couple of weeks at the pump. Maybe not enjoy them as much because prices have inched up. But, um, Matt, I would say that in a month from now, uh, we'll probably start seeing the seasonal trend in, in gas prices. That is, prices will start their larger upward trend. So, you know where we are now. The most common price is still two ninety nine by mid February. I don't think that's going to be the case anymore. I think we'll start to see prices rising. So <laughs> this window of opportunity is starting to close. Yeah, yeah, that kind of depresses me just a touch. That's a somber. Yeah, you sound somber. <laughs> yeah, I I do. I, <laughs> I do. I I need a drink now. Um. Anyway, yeah, you're not wrong. Um. So the the question mark that I would then have is obviously uh, week to week between now and then. Are you seeing prices continuing to go down a touch? Are we basically at the bottom? What are we looking at right now? Yeah, I think for areas of the Gulf states, um, the East Coast, the West Coast, we probably are close to a bottom if 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 not there. I think for those interior areas that we're talking about, like the the Rockies, the Corn Belt, the Great Lakes, they may not quite be at the bottoms yet. I think the Great Lakes may have already hit the bottom. I think the Corn Belt and the Rockies could still go a little lower. But I think aside from that, um, I wouldn't expect a whole lot of change in the next week, Matt. I think the, the areas that see price cycling could inch lower. Um, I think the rest of the country is probably going to stabilize a bit, maybe going up. So I guess by and large, it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag over the next week, depending on where you are. There shouldn't be a whole lot of massive increases, except if the state of Florida sees a price cycle, then you know we could go back above $3 in that area. But um, most people probably are, are going to see not a whole lot of change in prices just yet. Um, that could change. If uh, if suddenly something develops with the Houthis, but as you mentioned, oil prices, West Texas Intermediate, about seventy four dollars a barrel. That's basically been where it's uh, parked, right? For the last couple of months, is in the low seventies. Uh, Brent crude oil at about seventy nine dollars. So we'll we'll keep an eye on there. But 
Um, in the meantime, not, not likely to be an active week at the pump, but we are getting closer to the start of our seasonal increase in prices. Well, that's, uh, yeah. Collective grown. (laughs) It has to happen every year. I know that. I mean, it doesn't have to, but it certainly does happen every year, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, And as far as all of this nasty winter weather over the past couple of weeks, you're not seeing any interruptions uh, in the Midwest in pipelines, gasoline delivery, crude oil production, anything along those lines? There's like nothing Uh, there that's of any areas of concern? Not a whole lot. Some of the natural gas pipelines um, had had some issues with uh, sub-freezing temperatures. Yeah, I was just going uh, to say, they probably froze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and, and then you look up in Alberta, by the way, and two natural gas plants got pushed offline by the cold weather. And, and so, um, you know, uh, areas of Canada had to, again, rely on coal because renewables, you know, renewables do not work when you get sub-freezing temperatures or sub-zero temperatures. So it's very difficult. Um, but, uh, again, we are getting close to our seasonal rise. And as you mentioned, that happens every year. And it's because there's a switchover from winter gasoline to summer gasoline. And that usually starts in mid to late February refineries start getting rid of that winter gasoline. And then by early March, uh, we start to make that transition. It's kind of like the lawn fertilizer, you know, it's four steps. It's not just winter to summer and summer to winter. It's 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 kind of like a four step program, and that's why it usually starts in March. Um, so, is be there ready any for that. is there any chance? I mean, in your crystal ball with little snowflakes floating around, is there any <laughs> chance whatsoever that uh, the that Congress, EPA, Department of Energy, somebody steps in and says? We need one formulation of gas across the country year-round and and stabilizing some prices and not making it so difficult in the refineries or anything. Is there is there even a 1% chance of any of that ever happening? Ever? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, but probably not for a while. I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of um public comments um that would have to happen. There's there's um, you know, getting the industry involved and shifting that uh, that's usually something that takes several years if there's any interest. But no, there hasn't been any interest that. You know, it doesn't make any sense that um that the glut of gasoline that we've built up over the course of the winter has to completely disappear for summer. Right. Let's just get on one standard year round and then we don't have to worry about all these ridiculous inventory back and forth. Right. Summer gasoline. Yeah. You know, winter gasoline can't be used in the summer and there's not enough shelf life. So basically, Matt, the glut of gasoline that's been forming in some areas of the country is going to be completely wiped out the spring because we can't use it and because we have to shift to a different type of gasoline. So so this in theory, because we have no experience in reality on this in theory, uh, having that one formulation nationwide, you know, figure out whatever the stringent formulation needs to be for summer. Uh, I mean, it's not like that cleaner gas in the summer somehow doesn't work in the winter. I mean, figure out what you're going to do. Um, in theory, that should prevent, you know, a lot of the price fluctuations or at least stabilize things a little bit. Yeah, well, it would it would probably kill most of the surge in the spring. And it would also then kill most of the decline in the fall. But if you're sick of the seasonality, you know, I, I think, you know, and there would have to be changes to the, the, the chemical makeup of gasoline. We'd have to use something slightly more expensive year round because it would still have to meet the summer requirements. But the thing is, is, you know, it might cost us a couple cents more, but it can avoid this, this massive spring surge in prices that we get every year. So, I mean, to me, that makes sense. Um, but it may not make sense. And, and, you know, a lot of people that may stand to benefit 
um, you know, the refineries get a benefit from the the flipping inventories every year because they can produce as much gasoline and then, you know, essentially start fresh every spring. Um, and maybe suits them that prices go up every spring. Yeah, that's the part that I just don't fully understand. You would think that we would uh, figure out a more logical way of doing it, but I I recognize logic. Well, sometimes it's government. Government's not. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not synonymous with, no. with government. No, no, and and no. You're right. It's it's really not. <laughs> no, no, and and no. Uh, it most definitely is not. So that uh, yeah. So here we are. We're just kind of in that lull in uh, the middle of January. Um, I know here in Kentucky where the tea flows sweet. Uh, the temperatures have been extraordinarily crucial. I mean, it's been Chicago style winter in Kentucky, Patrick. That is not normal. Homes are not built for that. Um, That's right. Roads are not built for that. Sweet tea is not built for it freezes. It's not built for that. Um, and neither, neither am I, uh, at this point anymore, even though I grew up North, uh, more Northern of, of here and, and, uh, had winter. I lived in Tampa for years where I didn't feel winter for years. And and now I just want to be a snowbird and, and do what you're doing right now. And one day that hopefully will happen, but we shall see. <laughs> but uh, yes, no, I... The more, I hey, the more the merrier. Get, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people, as you mentioned, snowbirds in Florida. I mean, it, it, it's got to be where half their population comes from. <laughs> oh, no, no doubt. Uh, no doubt whatsoever. So yes, I mean, that's, that's just where we are. But yeah, I know today it is the warmest day we have had in many, many days. And we're supposed to approach... I think 31 degrees for a high, something Heat like that. Heat wave. Right. Uh, we won't get above freezing. Go grab freezing. a beer and sit out in the backyard. It'll freeze. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm, so optimistic of you. I'm, I'm pretty sure high octane hard liquor at this point that doesn't freeze in a deep freeze would freeze outside. I'm just like, wow, <laughs> it is it is cold. Uh, no question about it. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. But in the meantime... While half the nation still sits under winter weather advisories, you know, I've got freezing rain going on where I am right now and you have my palm trees. Please keep them warm for me down there. And uh, and so that's where we kind of uh, land, I guess, over the next seven days. Prices. Yeah, but that's just where we are. And and so that's a good thing. Not a whole lot of change. That's not a bad thing, especially when the most common price is two ninety nine. But, you know, I, I think the writing's on the wall. We're likely to see prices start going up around the corner. So, uh, yep. you know. Yeah, and so that's just something we'll keep a we'll keep in a very good uh, eye on everything and and find out kind of everything that's going on. And of course, should anything break, we always do special editions of Over a Barrel podcast and let you know if there's anything crazy out there. Uh, Patrick, what's our contact information like? What's what do we need to do in order to get questions rolling in? Because we would like to answer some of your questions as well. That's right. New Year, let's get some questions rolling. Send an email to podcast at gasbuddy.com or check out Over a Barrel Show on Twitter and send us feedback there. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Well, that's going to do it here on Over a Barrel 2024. Man, we're already two, three, four weeks in. It's crazy. Have a good one. We'll talk again next week.